0: live all right hello everybody right. welcome to uh episode three mm-hmm. episode three of season two
1: yeah i really like i was telling him earlier this shirt and this hat especially <laughs> i can't wait to tell him able to wear those kind of <laughs> those kind of things What dad gear yeah i mean the hat i don't think you can see the hat says it's pretty cool it says dad <laughs> husband and man of god yeah. man. So man i try to live by every day mm. <laughs> you know, it's a tough hat. good reminder for me every day yeah. <laughs> All right, this is episode three. Um, we're talking about practical uh, faith, uh, per usual, uh, this season. And uh, here's the layout. Um, we're gonna have a devotional in Hebrews uh, by by PE. And then uh, after the devotional in Hebrews, we're gonna go into our primary segment. Uh, this, this part, episode three of practical faith, is about unity. What that is, what that looks like, how we can strive for biblical Christian unity not just like getting along. We'll talk about that in a sec. Now, we have two secondary segments. These should be pretty quick, but the first one is real-life examples. And so it's kind of like a continuation of unity. Uh, So real-life examples of unity and and the effect that it had, has. And then uh, we have a a Christian news uh, segment that P is going to share with us. And then
0: that'll be episode three. Yeah, that's kind of a... Christian news has been a... a a segment of ours since season one, so yep. we decided to keep that one going. Mm-hmm. It's always encouraging to he- hear some Christian news, or I guess when we hear Christian news, it encourages us to pray for that situation even more. So, in the, mm-hmm. in that sense, we, we kept uh, Christian news, yeah. But, um, let me take a sip out of mm-hmm. our faith unmuted mug and then we'll get into our Hebrews devotional. All right, all right, it's kind of uh interesting where I'm going to be. Con- Continuing where P- PSK left off last week. So Hebrews 12, uh, just one verse, verse 7. Um, it says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Mm. I want to talk about something that I guess uh, we don't really like to talk about is being disciplined. Uh, I remember growing up, I was disciplined a lot by my parents, especially uh, my mom. My mom was the, the one who disciplined me all the time. Uh, but... Looking back now, of course, when you're going through it, it's just like, why am I doing this? Why is this happening to me? My parents hate me. My life sucks, right? That kind of thing. But then, like, looking back on it now, I realize, oh, it's all because uh, they love me. Like, if they love me, they wanted what's best for me. They wanted to fix the flaws in me, right? To make me a better person. And now that I'm on the other side and I have two boys on my own, I'm disciplined, right? Because in in our family, I'm the disciplined guy, right? My wife is. a nice person. Right? <laughs> She's the good cop on the bad cop. But I even when I discipline my, my two boys is out of love. Like I want them to I know they can be better. I know they can do better. Yeah. Uh, and I want to help them uh, to grow to be uh, the best young men that they can be. Yeah. And as Christians, we have a Heavenly Father who also disciplines us. And mm. I know we don't like to be disciplined, right? It's very humbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, our pride mm-hmm. gets hurt but it's a very necessary part of Christian life is yeah. the fact that uh, is, is discipline. And so there mm-hmm. are times in our life where God disciplines us, I mean, not literally, but like through circumstances, through situations or through other people. Um, he disciplines us, right? Shows us our faults, mm-hmm. the things that's, that needs to be removed from our hearts yeah. so that we can remove it. Yep. Uh, that's the love of God. I think even in that we see God's great love. Like he yeah. doesn't leave us alone in our flawed states, he wants us to be more and more like Christ. And he does whatever it takes to, be, to make us more and more like Christ, even if it means disciplining us. And even that is done out of love. And So I don't know. I think I, I, it encourages me knowing that out of God's great love for me, mm-hmm. he is disciplining me right, to try to make me better and better uh, each day. And mm-hmm. so as Christians, we should embrace that. Not just the good things that God gives us. Of course, he gives us a lot of good things. But we should also discipline. Uh, we should also
1: uh, embrace. embrace the discipline. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could be like an entirely different segment of its own. Just yeah. discipline. You know how to embrace it. How to do it. Have like a live. You know example <laughs> uh, on camera. <laughs> we would go viral for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think I mean like I tell PE this all the time. But, like I know his two boys, and they really are like just such. I mean, he he disagrees, obviously, but but he they're such amazing boys, and and I love these guys so much, and I'm excited for them to actually come up, and come up into my ministry because they're just, they're doing such a good job, and it's, it's because of discipline. Like, like, can you imagine like how we would be personally if if we were never disciplined by our parents or God? Like, if you really think about it, like think it through, like we would be the worst. Yeah. Like, we would do things that are terrible. We would get away with lies, and and we would just eventually. Become like a people that are so used to not being caught and not being held accountable for being checked that like we would just do whatever we want. We would hurt a lot of people. We would hurt ourselves ultimately. Um, And yeah, that 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 would just be bad. And so um, I think this generation, especially being a youth pastor, I'm seeing this uh, firsthand. Like the Bible says that like every generation is going to get closer to the generation that hates God, Mm -hmm. hates His words, and and that includes like his discipline like you can tell like when you preach a sermon and like someone doesn't like what you say like they're being convicted i tell my kids kids this all the time like if you don't like what i'm saying chances are like the spirit's working <laughs> like he's convicting you of something that we need to repent of of something that we need to give up to god that's a good thing if if, if you if you hear something if you hear a sermon and you're like the entire time you're like oh like that's me like that's good like Chances are, like, you need to be checked and you need to be disciplined. Uh, not because like, I'm being pessimistic, but, but, yeah, we need to embrace uh, God's harsh words and uh, his love, uh, even the tough love.
0: Yeah, tough love is good love, too. Yep.
1: Amen. <laughs> That's a good word. Thank you, P.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I guess we'll go right into unity. Um, unity is such a big part of Christian life because mm-hmm. God is unified, right? God the Father, mm-hmm. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit three separate people but they're perfectly in unison with each other right, right. perfectly in unison uh, doesn't mean that they I mean they all play different parts right but same they're united in that way it's like doesn't mean that we are united in the sense that we all think the same that they're, we're all like I don't know dressed the same we all look the same we like the same stuff that's not that's not unity it's yeah. like there's beauty when all these different people are united because we're all united through Christ and and that's it. true unity yeah, that's yeah. true unity, right? Just because, you know, we're all Korean doesn't make us <laughs> unified at, at our church. It's yeah. the fact that uh, we are, uh, first of all, brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? Yeah. Christ rises above any kind of, like, physical unity we can have, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, culturally, you know, educationally, yeah. uh, even, like, uh, financially, yeah. right? Politically. Politically, even. yeah. It can, like, all those boundaries <laughs> don't exist in Christ. Yeah.
1: I once heard it said that true unity is unity in the midst of
0: diversity.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amen. So we just wanted to look at um, two verses in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, um, 15 and 16, it says, uh, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Yeah. So we see a picture of unity. It all starts with head being Christ, right? This is, I guess you can look at it as a church, right? Our church, the head of the church, is not the senior pastor. It's not the pastors. It's not the elders. right? It is Christ, right? Christ uh-huh. is the head. And we, the rest of us, are the body. But the thing is, every person is a different part. Like, our body is not just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, we're all, we're all like, not just an eye. Or we're all like, not just a hand, right? Uh, we all have different parts uh, of our body. But we are one body, right? Yeah. So this is me. This is my body, right? This is mixed mixed up, Eugene right here. Is my body is different parts. But we, with the head being Eugene, like, we are one body. In the church, Christ being the head, all the different parts, all the different members, uh, the pastors, staff, elders, deacons, everyone else makes up the body. And we each have a different part to play. But the important thing is we are working properly, like in unison with one another, like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Uh, and in that sense, we are unified because Christ is unifying us. And now we're working uh, together, each of us playing our different parts uh, to fulfill uh, the will of Christ our church
1: yeah it's a it's it's a really fitting like illustration that that paul gives the ephesian church like uh, the bible does this all the time but we call it the body of christ for a reason right like like p was saying like imagine if instead of legs we had we had like little stubby arms or hands right like we we'd be really good at grabbing things but we wouldn't be able to get anywhere to tell people about the gospel right. and like even like translating that into like contemporary ministry terms like if we had seven different welcoming ministries in one church like that'd be great like we would be so good at welcoming but who's going to lead praise who's going to give the sermon who's going to drive people who's going to do like all these different things that need to happen for the body to be well served um and so yeah i mean this is very practical practically speaking right like in terms of function the church needs to be unified like different parts, like the Father, Son, and Spirit, and yet all working together for one goal. Right. And, uh, and like our pastor says, I just think the one goal we have here is we're built into the head, Christ. Mm-hmm. And we're serving the head's will. Mm-hmm. Right? Without a head, the body can't do anything. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a perfect, like six foot five, like Greek statue, like chiseled out body. If, if, it's, if it doesn't have a head right. with a good brain on top of it, the body's not going to do anything, and so we need to as a body, the reason why we're so unified and, and 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 oiled up and working perfectly in the way that we're we're each supposed to is to serve the head and its will right yeah so that's our
0: goal yeah so to I guess this will be aimed more at like uh, looking at the church mm-hmm. but if you look at our church on Sundays, there's a lot of moving parts yeah we have of course like the the people that are on the front lines—that's obvious, right? The greeters who welcome you in, uh, our worship teams for our, our KCEC YG children ministry, all of the different ministry—we have the the worship team. We have the pastors who deliver the, the message. Uh, there's also a lot of behind the scenes. We have yeah. like a shuttle that's always running because we have another uh, like a parking, parking lot, lot mm-hmm. that's like a half mile. So there's always shuttles running. Right. There's people that's taking making sure that people are parking correctly. There's a mm-hmm. in the parking lot making the sure that AV. There's an AB in the back. Yeah. There's uh, people who do the flower decorations in the front. Yeah. There are people that uh, that, that uh, are in the choir, in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Food. Yeah. That's an important part. Uh, <laughs> people that are picking up trash and yeah. like uh, turning down the lights uh, when uh, when everything's over, just turning everything down. There's babysitting yeah. uh, hey, uh, the kids while the, parents parents are in the service. Yeah. And- There's like so many moving parts. Yeah. And, of course, we have the finance department that's like mm-hmm. collecting the offering, making sure that all that is running fine, too. Yeah, which is important. Yeah. And there's a, probably a, a million others that we missed yeah. just in this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all these parts are working in unison with one another. It's, we're constantly communicating, making sure, making sure that there isn't someone that drops the ball.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. We want to make sure that every part is filled so that every person that comes to worship, including uh, you know members, mm-hmm. regular members, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even newcomers— yeah will have the best worship experience possible Mm -hmm. and in that with that goal in mind all these parts are moving together yeah um and so for us to maintain unity in the church i want to encourage everyone everyone is given a gift at least one gift Mm -hmm. uh by god like it it could be uh, something you're passionate about maybe you're really good at singing or you're good at designing things or you're Whatever it is, everyone has a gift. Right? Hospitality is another amazing gift. It's huge. Yeah. Right? And gift of encouragement. You're always able to just like encourage others with your words or just like being there, just even having a gift of sympathy. You're able to empathize mm-hmm. with people, what they're going through. But every person is given a gift and it's not given to us to just have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to use that gift to help unify the church even more. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I really like our senior pastor's uh, vision of having every single member serving the church like mm. that's his that's his goal and i yeah. think that's very biblical yeah. like we should be serving the church there's no just i'm just going to come to church do worship and go home no every single person yeah. that is part of, K, of part of our church mm-hmm. <laughs> is <laughs> is should be should be serving in whatever capacity that god has given them yeah. uh, to keep our body unified that's mm-hmm. that's the true Church member, right? Yeah. If you're just attending church and then going home, you're not really a church member. I don't mm-hmm. know what what it would be. It would be like, I don't know. It would be like your body that when it eats food and you just kind of poop it out. That's it. That doesn't add anything to the body. You yeah, yeah. Get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, that's not what we should be. We should be actual part of the body, whether mm-hmm. it's fingers, hands, legs, mm-hmm. you know, feet,
1: whatever it is. Yeah, and and, yeah. and kind of using the, uh, the the illustration that the Bible uses, like the body, right? Like it's almost as if like a lot of people don't think like the toes are important, right? Because you're not really thinking about it, right? But like, if, if, let's say like you cut off the toes, you can't run. Like, your toes, in a lot of ways, are your balance. And so, yeah. like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be like, sh- like, uh, like penguins, like, kind of like uh, wiggling around everywhere. But like, or it's almost as if like, let's say like you're part of the body, but like you're, you're the arm, a very important part of the body, like, obviously important. Everything is important, but obviously important. And, but except you don't work. And so you're just like there hanging there. Yeah. And so like the bot the rest of the body's like working super hard to do what the head is telling the body to do, but this this oh. this arm is not doing anything, it's just laying there, limping there, and like it's it doesn't mean like well it means that the the body's not fully functioning because an important part of the body, you and I and us were not mm-hmm. doing our part. Yeah. And so like for example, like I uh on Sundays I have to wake up a little bit early uh, compared to like the other part-timers because I have to go and, and pick up the senior pastor and a couple of the other pastors uh, at, a, at the vision parking lot because in humility, our senior pastor, he, he could. And honestly, in, for many reasons, he should park in the front. And a lot of times, like in, in our context, we would give the senior pastor like a specific parking spot. But he actually wants to show by example, right, that we should give up parking spaces for newcomers and whatever it may be. And so he parks there but he asked me to come a little bit early to pick him up so that he can actually get to church on time and, and get settled down and, and prepare for the message prayerfully and uh like two weeks in a row like not too long ago like a month ago i was late i woke up late and either pe or, or pd uh, had to uh call this, call me in the morning and i had to wake up late and i was like rushing to get to get to church and, and he was very gracious about it but he brought me to his room once and and he very like calmly explained to me like why this was such a big deal. And he was saying, it's not because I'm like out there in the cold. And he was like, it's because like I'm I'm delivering God's word to the people. Right. And, and and you you think this is a very small thing, like picking me up in the morning, but it's not. Without you, who is going to bring the speaker to deliver God's living word to the people? And he was like, it's a very big thing. And I think a lot of times like people they see like what they're doing at church is a very small thing because one it's underappreciated or or two it's not as like public as like preaching whatever it is but like 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 we're saying like these little things matter and like they all serve the biggest thing. Which means your little your quote unquote little thing is a big thing if it it serves the head.
0: It is. Um, like all the parts if really I'm not exaggerating, if one part uh, Is not working properly. It, it messes up the rest of the parts. Yep. It messes up worship. So why do we even have people in the parking lot managing the the parking? Is so that people people can park their best, most efficient way, and then go into worship and mm-hmm. worship or, or exit or yeah. exit. Yeah, right? a lot so of that traffic. people can I mean, come yeah. in and out yeah. smoothly. So people who are going into worship can worship. Those who are coming out can can leave. Uh, you know. Uh, efficiently, and, and also that's why we had that part, that extended parking lot. We mm-hmm. know our parking lot is kind of small, so we, uh you know, by God's grace, we were able to use that for free. Yeah. Even and we started doing that and shuttling uh, to maximize each person's worship uh on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So our mm-hmm. greeters, obviously, they're they're the face when they come in. If they don't greet with like a smile on their face, it might alter them they're like why do they not like did i do something to them the whole worship service they'll be like why did they not smile at me the greeter team when i came in that might hinder their worship because they're focused on that rather than focusing on the worship right Mm -hmm. so even the greeter team is so important to smile and greet uh, each person exactly the same so that when they come into worship they're able to worship Mm -hmm. really the powerpoint is also very important right we don't want any mistakes on those in the lyrics or in the passages Mm -hmm. so that they can again, like they don't have to worry about, oh, why is this slide wrong? Why is this wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, everything looks good, so that uh, they can fully focus in on the worship. I know this yeah. is more of a human standpoint. Right, right. Ideally, worshipper should be able to overcome these little things mm-hmm. and still not hinder their worship. Yeah. But as a church, at the same time, we should do our best to minimize these little things mm-hmm. so that they can fully worship. Because you know, human, uh, we know we know ourselves. Our attention span. Any little thing like it like takes us away from whatever we're supposed to focus yeah. on, right If someone's coughing excessively, what, what, what do you do? You start thinking like, well, oh, what's wrong with that person? Mm-hmm. Is there, is, are they sick? Like, are they choking on something? It, it, like, this causes you to be distracted. Mm-hmm. So from uh, we can't speak for every church, but our church, our, one of the main purposes is to minimize those things as much as we can, yeah. so that each worship service can be fully maximized mm-hmm. and each p- worshiper. And come and fully focus. Yeah. But in order for that to happen, we need everyone to serve and do their part, right. so that every person can worship their best
1: on Sunday. Right. Right. And and this is not this is literally turning to the but we're, the, the point of today's episode is not about serving, yeah. uh, but but we it's a big part of unity. Um yeah. And the feast makes that connection. Um, we're talking so much about serving because we're all unified in serving. And doing our part to be unified under this head, right? Like, even though the ministries look like vastly different uh, from like the other ministries, they're all unified in the sense that like they're all serving one purpose, one goal, and it's to glorify Jesus, is to do His will, get the Word of God out there, like show that the Word of God is true, and, and the fruits of it through action and love and, and the welcoming and all that kind of stuff. Um, man, we're talking about unity. Uh, that's a big 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 uh, aspect of unity and it's very practical which is mm-hmm. why we spend so much time on that um but also even like a little bit of what we we're talking about last episode episode two um like loving your neighbor like unity has a big uh a big part of unity is is your relationship with one another it's relational it's your love and it's even more so with your brothers and sisters in christ it's heightened to the next level it's not just like like, we're talking about, we're not just, like, do I like you or not? Yeah. No, it's, it's literally the family of God. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you cannot separate yourself from your family. Like, a lot of people try, but, like, for example, like, me and my brother, older brother, like, we fought all the time. And now we're super tight, but, like, when I was growing up, there were many times where I was like, man, I wish he wasn't my brother. Like, I wish we didn't know each other. Like, I just want to be done with this guy, like, I'm sick of him, but like at the end of the day, at the very least in the back of my mind, I knew like, but those things can't happen mm-hmm. because he's my older brother. We're blood. We're family. Mm-hmm. And it goes even deeper than that because we're brothers and sisters in the blood of Christ. And so mm-hmm. our our relationship is very really? important to the gospel. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I talked about this with my youth, uh, actually pretty extensively, but I think a big part of the fall in Genesis, so we're going way back to the beginning, but like in Genesis, this this is how important unity is because unity is literally like the goal since the beginning. Because God creates Adam, and I think we talked about this before maybe, but like God creates Adam very quickly. God creates Adam and he's without sin, right? He's like naming all these animals and he's with God. And yet, God says something interesting. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. And, and there's two things that are seemingly wrong about this because one, man is not alone. He's with God. Like, he's mm-hmm. never alone, right? He's the least lonely person on the planet or ever right. because he's with God. And secondly, God said actually says that something is not good when sin isn't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. And so, how can that be? And it's because when God said, even before man was created, let us make man in our image, us and our both plural pronouns. Part of what that means is like, let us make man to reflect our unity with one another, the father, son, and the spirit. So when Adam was created, his creation was not complete because he can't one man, Adam, he can't reflect God's image, his unity on his own. Right. And so he created Eve. And then he said, it is good. It is very good. And, um, and I think that's so beautiful. It's so telling that like, God created mankind in general to reflect God's unity with one another. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of what the fall did was not just condemn us to hell. It's not just about our sin. It actually broke our priority and perception of unity. And, it, and, and in turn, breaking the image of God, right. the unified God. Because what happened when Adam and Eve fell? The first thing they did was they looked at each other and they were naked and they were ashamed and they clothed themselves it broke their unity and also for the first one of the first big sins we've seen was Cain killing his brother uh Abel yeah. yeah it was it was just like uh again and again like people just diversifying and then Tower of Babel they used this this misunderstanding of unity. they were a unified people, but they were using their unity to actually feel their pride and sin, and then God broke them up. Um, And so unity is a huge deal uh, for who we are as as the people of God. Yeah. And the reason for, uh,
0: behind unity, Mm -hmm. it says in, like the last part of the verse 16 is, um, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in Mm -hmm. love. It's Mm -hmm. to maximize love once again. The unity. So Mm -hmm. unity uh, in Christ breaks, you know, breaks, all kinds of barriers yeah All right. we don't have to all be the same color and same language and the you know, same country or whatever we we uh being us being united in christ uh, breaks all those boundaries yeah i think we kind of i guess emphasize um the importance of unity because mm-hmm. we can move on and kind of give them uh, <laughs> examples
1: yeah yeah um when i when i first became a pastor uh it was only like three years ago like <laughs> um like one of the first like pressing convictions the lord put on my heart for my youth was unity mm-hmm. um and it sounds so simple but what what ended up happening was some pretty miraculous stuff like like i was i've been at our church for so long and for the longest time like our church was super clicky i was a part of the problem um we had a lot of drama and gossiping going around we were super divided and, and uh, we weren't a very big church, and it's not about the numbers, but what ended up happening when when the Lord started to place this conviction of unity in my heart, in my youth's leaders' hearts, in my youth's hearts, and we like really just started to strive for unity, like relationally serving wise, like whatever it was, we tried to do life together. Was we literally saw the words of God come to life, like we saw Acts two happening where. They were devoting themselves. I couldn't get my youth to leave church. It became a problem. Like they would stay super late and the staff meetings would actually talk about like I have to send my kids home. Right? Like and a part of me it was like bittersweet because like one one part I get it right like they have school the next day and it's causing problems for the parents because the parents have to come at like midnight to pick yeah. them up. And so it made complete sense. But it was bittersweet because like part of me was like man like is this a bad problem to have like like, they want to be at church. Every other youth that I know of can't wait to get out of church. <laughs> but, like, but my youth wants to be there. So they literally, it wasn't even just like a few of them. It was like half of them would just stay. And it would be a real, a healthy struggle for me to try and like get dinner for everybody. And it was pretty crazy. But that was happening. and and uh, And like, maybe even more beautifully, like I saw that the gospel came to life. Mm-hmm. Meaning like, the youth were giving their lives to the lord like they believed in the gospel message because of the love and the unity and that makes sense but what we just said like if we were created to reflect god's image by being unified when his people become unified like people look at that and they say wow like i see god mm-hmm. right? and like that actually happened like i won't dive into specific details but i had some like youth come into our our youth for the first time in a very dark place in their uh, a lot of mourning and loss, um, and when they came into our youth was when this this conviction of unity became started to become a thing, mm-hmm. and they just the first thing that they would share was that they were shocked at the level of love and, and and a personal relationship between the youth, and they were like, I've come from other youth, I haven't experienced anything like this. They they were hating me, hating others. They were gossiping. They're so divided. they're like there's something different happening at this youth Mm -hmm. and like our youth like almost tripled in size we Mm -hmm. started with 30 and we ended the year with like 80 something um and even now like we're growing and and largely because of like the faithful few striving for this Mm -hmm. And so i think unity is important like john 17 i'll close with this like for real life examples um jesus literally says that like literally word for word in john 17. In the high priestly prayer, he prays to the Father and says, "God, I pray that they would be unified, yeah. they'd be one, yeah. just like you and me, perfectly one." And then he says, "Once they do, then they will believe that you sent me." Yeah. And so, I mean, this is this is so important that we you know we take seriously uh, unity as people of
0: God. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think because uh, I'm doing you know college and up, mm-hmm. but kind of similar thing. When I first got here. Uh, the first thing, like I, I was trying to do, is do unity and do uh, a small group. And I remember, like, like the the very start of our small groups, literally five minutes, and then they're all just they all just left, like they all just went home. I'm like, where is everyone? They all already had already left. Like, what the? It's only been five minutes. What, what were you doing in small group for for five minutes? You can just share kind of your weekend. It lasts more than five minutes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it started, right? And I felt like you Know, I understand there are a lot of like changes at the, the passive position for a for college and up group, um, so that's where it started. But you know, we kept on going and we kept on going, and here we are, where now like our small groups are lasting like an hour or an hour and a half, sometimes yeah. two, and then after that, they go get dinner or get coffee afterwards. Yeah. There's more unity in that, of course. We're still not perfect, was, we've come a really long way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. I still remember when I first got there, they're like they're just, they're just doubting. Like would would people wanted like stay at our church, like if there's a newcomer to like, Hey, you know, you can, you can go other church other churches too. Like yeah, you don't have to come to our church. Like they are very, like they had a very pessimistic view. <laughs> I was offended. I was like, what the, come on, man. We just, we just, we just got here and we're like starting this. And like, mm-hmm. they're just kind of already doubting like what, what could happen. But now like they're shocked. Like, Hey, we have like newcomers. Like what the heck now we're th- at this many, not that numbers are everything, mm-hmm, right, but they're yeah. kind of, seeing it with their own eyes. And I think that's kind of getting them more on fire to be more like, like uh, taking ownership of, you know, of our church. Mm-hmm. But uh, unity is a, is a very strong thing uh, yeah. because God is unified as one. Uh, we reflect that. So yeah, our college and up is like kind of pretty much night and day from when we started to, to where we are now, but we still um, need to work on more and more unity, right? Uh, yeah. there's, there's such an age gap. But we don't have enough people to say like, oh, it's okay to like, it's never okay to not know everyone, Mm -hmm. but we have no excuse to not know everyone. You should know their names. You should know, you know, what, you know, kind of like basic info about every single person. Mm -hmm. And I understand we have some older and we have a lot of younger, like college students and we have like working young adults. Uh, But um, we're hopefully we'll get there where everyone knows each other. Yeah. And they're talking with each other. They pray and they, you know, that fellowship with each other. So, Mm -hmm. um, we're still not all the way there, but, man, compared to, like, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, sure. Praise <laughs> God. God like, too it, crazy. it literally is a miracle,
1: like, the things that we've seen. And it's crazy that, like, sometimes, like, we, we, we miss it just because, like, we're, like, in the midst of all the movement and running and everything like that. But, like, if we do take a second, like, as I'm doing right now, like, looking back on, like, how we used to be, like, like God is seriously doing miracles. And I think, like, this is super important to just, just, just mention at the very least, like, for unity of the church, you have to like devote yourself to it. You have yeah. to like commit yourself. Yeah. it's not like easy. It's really hard to to strive for unity because like a lot of times like people do hurt and disappoint each other, and and a lot of times what unity looks like is like gritting your teeth and being like, man, I love you still, and I forgive you, and oh, I'm yeah. still gonna serve you. And so unity is, is going to be hard, but it's it's something we have to do. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely it takes effort. You yeah. can't just expect to just kind of go along for the ride. Like every yeah. single person has to be in on this so that we can achieve the unity uh, that God desires mm-hmm. uh, for for our church. Mm-hmm. So for our viewers and listeners, uh, wherever church you're at, uh, we want to encourage you to get involved and be uh, intentional too about unity. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. uh, just taking that taking your step t- taking a step out of your comfort zone. Right, we're we're so. We like being in the comfort zone. We like being comfortable. Uh, but unity kind of requires us to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so, to get comfortable later, right? Mm-hmm. We get uncomfortable now so that we can get comfortable later as a, as a group. right? Yeah. So I want to encourage you uh, if you haven't done so already or if you're not doing it already, just to uh, take that step out of your comfort zone and, and be intentional about being unified together as one body because that's a really big, a part of church, and yeah. just uh, Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Right, we're not supposed to do it alone. We have a community for a reason. Yeah, and we're supposed to build each other up in love. Yeah, right through unity.
1: Yeah, yeah. all right. With that being said, I think our last second segment is a Christian news segment that P has for yeah. us. He's gonna pull that up. He's gonna he's gonna read out or explain to us. You know what it's about. So um, yeah,
0: I guess it's not related to unity, <laughs> but. Uh, I think it's something that we can be praying for together as a Christian, uh, as, uh, as Christians. The headline is um, Vietnamese Christian uh, sentenced to four and a half years in prison after holding prayer meeting in his home. Uh, this is in Vietnam. Uh, it's not like uh, they ha- don't have religious freedom, but the government feels like it's a threat when people pray to their power and legitimacy. That's, that's the accusation. That's crazy. Like This Vietnamese Christian is kind of threatening the government through prayer. Uh, I mean, a couple things. First, I think I want to challenge us as as U.S. citizens to be living in this great country where we're Mm. free to actually pray. To pray. How many of us don't even take the time to pray when people are now going to jail uh, for holding prayer meetings? Right. Mm. And so I want to encourage and challenge our uh, U.S. citizens in other countries that that you're from where there is pure religious freedom um, to not take prayer for granted. Right. It's a, it's a privilege that we can pray. Uh, Maybe uh, I would like to encourage you to pray for this uh, Vietnamese Christian um, that, you know, these charges will be, will be uh, disregarded, but his uh, name is um, Ne Blang, 48 years old. So only like seven years older than me. Mm. Uh, soon, soon to be seven years older than me. But uh, yeah, a very young person, uh, already sentenced four and a half years. And it's not the first time uh, this person has uh, done, uh, has been accused of this multiple times, similar accusations multiple times. He's been trying to have these prayer meetings. And so he's just uh, dealing with this right now. Mm-hmm. But did you have any? Uh, just uh, like,
1: just thoughts? wow. Like, um, mm-hmm. I think in one sense, obviously like my heart goes out to, brothers and sisters that are being persecuted for the faith. But at the same time, like, you don't normally hear, like, oh, they get persecuted for, like, evangelizing or, like, giving out copies of the Bible in secret or whatever it may be, like, starting a church. Yeah, but, like, like, even prayer, right? Like, he, and I think, like, there's this sense of, like, like, uh, it's bittersweet almost, if I can even say that about this, because it's, like, almost like, you have this pride, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the world and the enemy sees our God and the power of our God as such a threat that they're afraid of prayer within the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty, that's pretty crazy to me, that um, they would think that a few people gathering to pray would actually do something. Like, in one sense, they have more faith than we do, right? Like, sometimes we pray, and we're like, all right, God, if you do it, like, whatever. To them, they're like, no, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, when they start gathering to pray, things are going to go down, right? Like, the world is going to flip upside down, so they have to go out and pursue this guy and arrest him yeah. to stop him from praying. Like, how much faith does the enemy have if, if they're actually making, you know, th- this much effort to stop this from happening? Yeah. And so I think that's encouraging uh, perspective of this um but uh but yeah i mean i think also the only the only other thing i didn't even know uh vietnam you know banned christianity i didn't know that was one of the countries where christianity was persecuted um but if you think about it it makes sense like uh if you look at like the old testament prophets like uh they were like you know the faith called them to you know get rid of their idols and like and like asia In general, has a lot lot of a lot of idols, like Mm -hmm. little physical idols, not like idols like we have, like that are intangible. But like for some of us, but they have like you know Buddha statues and like uh, other like Hindu uh, god statues, like hundreds of gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 it makes sense, like from a worldly perspective, like why they would find a threat. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, the gospel is offensive. It's gonna tell you to cut things out of your life, uh, to cut off your arm and take out your eye, gouge it out, not literally, but. Uh, it's going to feel like that sometimes. Uh, the gospel is offensive, and it's not supposed to be comfortable yeah. like a lot of us think it is.
0: Um, yeah, so you know, I guess um, we'll try to keep up, see what happens in this case, but yeah I think it's a good challenge for us to you know pray, um, pray for blame, but also uh, don't take the privilege of praying for granted,, yeah. the fact that we have the freedom to do that. Um, I know the last time, last month, we gathered for like a praise and prayer night for our our college and up. They enjoyed it. I think it was a time like really refreshing time where mm. they can really just praise God and, and pray. Uh, I hope that lights a fire so that it, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be once a month. Right, yeah. it could be every day where yeah. you can gather to to pray and and praise God. And so, um, you know, take the time to pray for blank, but also take the time out of your day to pray in general. Right, prayer yeah. is such a I think prayer is such a an amazing gift that God has given us. It's like our way to communicate with God, even though God already knows what's in our heart. Like He wants to hear us verbalize it and pray to Him, um, and God answers back as well uh, through mm-hmm. His Word or you know just convicting your heart. Yeah. But prayer is is a way that we can communicate with God, and that always like it's like mind blowing to me that we can communicate with God and yeah. God would actually listen. He's not some guy who's far up you know in heaven and we're all down here and he has no idea what's going on. It's like we pray and he he knows what we're going through. Like mm-hmm. he's there with us. He's in us. And he's experienced all that, right? Jesus came down here experienced everything that we would ever experience in our life. So when we pray, like who better to understand? Right? Yeah. And Romans 8 talks about how the Holy Spirit is praying for us. And if that's not enough, Jesus Christ at the right hand of God is praying for us. Mm-hmm. Um, that encourages me to pray even more, right? Because yeah. I got Holy Spirit and Jesus backing me up. Let me pray to God too, right? It's such an amazing gift um, and we should use it as frequently as possible because it doesn't cost us anything to pray.
1: Yeah. Right? I think I saw like this week, as you know, late last week, uh, Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. like uh, he was pretty controversial towards the end of his life, but I mean like did amazing things for God and and near the end of his life, they asked, Mm -hmm. you know, Billy Graham, the preacher, um, like a, at the end of your life like if you could do anything differently what would you do and he said i would take less preaching gigs and i would pray and read the bible more mm. that's what he said mm. uh, even though he did a million things for god yeah preached the gospel to millions yeah, of people, millions of people he said he'd rather have spent that time praying mm. uh, which shows like it's a very intimate and personal thing for us yeah. um and and pray for you know brother blank but at the same time, you know, have faith that, you know, the gospel is not going to stop. Oh, and yeah. The, the enemy's going to try to stop blame. Uh, but the whole point of the book of Acts is that the word of God is going to keep going. Keep going. It's yeah. been going since, yeah.
0: you know, after Jesus went back to heaven. And it's going to continue to go. Yeah. And so, that's, that's unstoppable. Yeah. All right. All
1: right. That's, uh That's episode three. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, again, if you have any questions, let us know anywhere on any of the platforms we have. We have TikTok. Uh, we have Instagram. We have uh, YouTube. YouTube comments. So like the video. Uh, subscribe if you want to. And uh, if this video is going to um, encourage anybody, uh, and if, if there's maybe a brother or sister who does want to be unified with the church or whatever it may be, uh, send in this video. Maybe it will encourage them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for watching.
0: Yeah, we'll see you next week.
1: All right, much love, guys. Bye. Bye.